Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Take Command here from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. Within the scheme, there are opportunities. Uh, you said that earlier, and you showed me some clips yesterday. I was like, oh, boy, that's, that'd be nice if that was, that was how that went, which is always a frustrating thing because you go back and you, you certainly have criticisms of play calling or this or that, but then you go back and you're like, yeah, but also if they executed, we're talking about a different ball game. So what is it specific to Carson Wentz and his execution over these last couple of games that has caused uh, the production to be extraordinarily low, specifically in the first half, 24 and 51 yards, I believe, uh, the last two first halves? Yeah, I, th- I think the thing that sticks out to me, so let's just take this. It's a very simple concept. It's called dragon. So you got a drag and then a slant by them. So number one runs a slant. So like Terry runs a slant and the slot mm-hmm. guy runs a flat. It's a right. very common concept. And I want to say they ran it like five or six times in the game. And I want to say it was open five or six times. So every time they ran it, it was open, right? It's a great concept, and it works against almost every coverage. And it's simple, and it's quick. And so when you look at it, like Carson on the first one, for example, like the slant comes open. It's cover three, or it's quarters. So the middle of the field, like, so basically in quarters, you get those those four guys dropping back, and there's three guys underneath that have to match the concepts. If you run to the flat, usually that outside linebacker player runs the flat fast because that he's a flat he's got to defend the flat and then the slant is like wide open right and the slant in this look is wide open right and carson doesn't love it so he kind of pumps it resets his feet and then tries to get to the flat and i don't have a good reason as to why that is other than he's not seeing it very well and so um you know one of the things people said oh he's really good at the quick game i was not in that camp because i don't know how well he sees it you know how how well his reaction is his off of his it. production over specifically the last couple of years would suggest otherwise. Right. I don't know where people got that. Right. And I, so so that's that's one thing that sticks out. To, and so they did that again, right? So then like so they run dragon again. They cover the slant this time, and the flats wide open. And he and it's McKissick who's excellent on those flat routes because he could turn those into like a fifteen or twenty yard gain. There's space for him, and he puts it over his head because he's also late to that. So if I'm Scott, and that happened again four, five, six times, right? They never hit that concept. And it was open, like open, NFL open. Right. Four, five, six times, however many times I ran it. So to me, like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Scott, I go to myself and I'm like, this is working. This concept is working. It's open. We need to hit this. Why can't we hit this? And to me that the onus there falls on Carson. Now there are variables associated with that for sure. Right? Like, He's been getting a lot of pressure. He doesn't feel comfortable. He's had a couple of slants batted down too with the line. 
Sure. And so, so again, that that's reasonable, right? The other one that sticks out to me just in terms of like feedback is um is like they ran like it's third down, they're going max protection. They run three vertical routes, right? It's Tampa two. And that's the one where like they ran this twice or three times. Uh, and that's the one where if everyone remembers where um, Carson launches the ball to Terry and Terry gets kind of caught up with number six, the safety with Wilson. No, yeah. Yeah. There's no PI called or whatever. So if you go back and watch it, that's Tampa two, right? So you get Curtis Samuels running down the middle of the field with Anthony Barr trying to match him again. Like I don't love this idea of just running guys vertical into coverage, but if I'm, Scott, I say, look at this matchup with this guy beating the Tampa player. I don't care if I don't care if Curtis is step for step with him. He runs a four three, and Anthony Barr runs like a four five or four six. He's going to run by him, and he does. And so, if that's the if you're if you're just picking your best matchup, I'm picking that one, right? And th- that being said, that's that's still a tough throw. Got to push the ball down the field. All those things, right? That being said, the defense drops out of that, right? And we've talked about just checking the football down. Both the tight end, they didn't blitz. Dallas didn't blitz on this play. The tight end and the back are wide open in the flat, like mm-hmm. wide open. There's not anyone near them within probably 10, maybe 12 yards. You hit the ball to them, and I don't agree with the concept, the route that they ran there. They're probably just getting to space, right? But if you get the ball there, you get a blocker in the flat. You get maybe if you run the different, like I, what I call a check M. So basically, like once you get protection, you run vertical as opposed to the flat, and you get the ball to, the, to that check M player, and he can just split the defense maybe for a first down. And so to me, if I'm Scott, I say like, yeah, is this the best concept in the world? This is again, one of those limitations. I challenge you. This is a fun game for listeners, right? Three man route combinations versus cover two and cover three. Can you drop a route that gets open versus those concepts? It's very, very challenging. That's one of the issues of being in, in, in max protection. Right. But despite that, they found an opportunity with Curtis on a middle linebacker and they've got enough space for the back or the tight end to get a first down potentially, right? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but potentially. Yeah. And you launch it to Terry, who's in double coverage, essentially. So I don't know what the read is there, but based on matchups and based on the coverages that they like to run in third long situations, I'm like, I am going to look to Terry and I'm going to throw the ball to Curtis because he's got the best matchup here, right? And if if I don't like it, I'm going to check the ball down. So And Carson might say like, hey, I like Terry one-on-one with the safety too. And it's like, same but I like Curtis on a linebacker more. Right. And and again, I think it's people need to understand the coverage. It's cover too. So there's someone carrying underneath Terry and the safety's over the top. Like there's no way Terry can run by a guy who's 20 yards downfield. Like it's just, right. I know Terry's fast and good at the deep ball. Like it's a low percentage throw compared to the other. Throw, totally. Is what I'm saying. So, and they ran that, they came back to that concept. They ran it again. And again, they did a similar, like he took a shot and I understand that. And I don't know what they're coaching him to do. But there's there's six plays right there because they ran the 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 goes twice out of max protection and they ran right. the dragon concepts four or five six times whatever it is so let's say six to eight plays that were not executed effectively and left yards in the passing game on the field specifically right yep and so this is where I'm like aha aha because on Sunday night's pod you uh, were like look man you can't have it all right you can't you can't have Curtis wanting the ball more and Terry wanting the ball more. And like, eventually you have to pick. And I'm like, yes, but also no. Because if if Carson just makes the throws that are available, Terry doesn't right. wind up with two catches. Yes. And, that, and that's yes. kind of my thing is like, yeah, if you execute, then obviously you're going to run more plays. And like, 
you will get more opportunities. We saw that against Jacksonville. Part of the reason the ball distribution is so good is because they wind up running a ton of plays in that game. But it's also like, if I'm Scott and I'm getting all this heat in the press from doofuses like me talking in a microphone saying like, buddy, you got to get the ball to Terry McLaurin more. And, uh, and you know, where are the slant routes? And if I'm Scott, I'm like, they're right there. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, Carson, please help help me help you help us. Right, right. right? And that's, that's kind of thing. Like, do I think that they did a bad job of getting Curtis his touches that are kind of unique to him on Sunday? Yeah, I, I do. I think that he should be getting four to five carries every single game, whether it is as a straight running back, whether it's on jet sweeps, like, I think Curtis Samuel as a running, like, a ball carrier, I will call it, because it doesn't always have to be as a straight running back, is something that this offense has that is a weapon and should be used. So there's that element aside where I would take some of the carries away from, like, J.D. McKissick and give them to Curtis Samuel. That's a personal choice. That's me. But right. I also think that some of the screens and some of the other stuff, they can seemingly get the ball to Curtis on, on one-man shows. Like, I would like to see that more. But... For the other guys, and now they got to figure out even more on how to do some of this stuff because they, they lose the weapon of Jahan Dotson for a week or two with his hamstring injury, um, potentially. Like, with Terry, there's just got to be ways to get him the football. But eventually, it can't just be on the play caller. Like, the quarterback has to make the right decisions of when to throw to Terry. Yes, I understand. And this is, I guess, sorry, this is getting a little rambly, but I, no, I'm going to land the good. plane now. It's good. Right? I feel like everyone has their box. And what's frustrating about the offense, and you can speak to whether this is a Scott or a Carson, because I have a feeling it, it honestly leans a little bit more towards Carson and comfort level, is they don't want to, or he doesn't want to, throw to anybody outside their box. Hmm. Terry's the deep guy. Jahan's the red zone guy. Curtis is the gadget in-between guy. Logan and JD are check down guys. Antonio's the throw it to him when they tell me to on the screen guy. Mm-hmm. Like, the what's so magical about this offense if it if it's used to its max potential is how versatile and interchangeable the parts are and instead what's happened is everybody's gotten siloed and i'm curious when you watch it do you see the opportunities there for these players to do other things and the co- and the quarterback isn't comfortable throwing to them outside of their role so to speak as i just defined them or is the coordinator not doing a good job and the staff not doing a good job of mixing and matching and using some of the versatility that's available? Well, I think it's hard to say that, give a definitive answer there because the offense has been poor, right? So you don't know. Like the touches they are getting are very specific, but maybe that's like maybe... Obviously, if there's more plays, they can get more. But it is kind of frustrating to know like, oh, look, they're in the red zone. There's Jahan Dotson scoring a touchdown. That's great. But like, where is he between the 20s? Again, I think the so this is an interesting thought. Um, I've had I've been kicking around this thought since week one, and one of the things that sticks out to me is that when you watch when you watch Carson in passing situations, he tends to look to Jahan first, right? And him looking to Terry this week, you can tell that was like a point of emphasis because he didn't he does not like I think a perfect example is you know the ball that he throws to Jahan at the end of the half that gets intercepted by Diggs. You remember that? Uh, yes. Right, yes, intercepted. The deep ball, deep ball deep left sideline. Looks like Diggs ran the route for him. When, he did. Yeah, when Carson needs a blanket, he's going to throw it there. Because if he just looks at the matchup on the other side, A, Stefan Diggs is not on that side. And B, Terry's in a good, a much better matchup and burns the hell out of his guy, right? So I look at that and I say to myself, that comfort level with Jahan was cultivated during OTAs. 
mm-hmm. right? And that, that's been throughout. Like that's been throughout training camp, the OTA period, preseason practices. And this, I think, is where it becomes problematic because he does not have that same level of comfort with Terry all the time. You know what I'm saying? And and I think that's a big deal. Curtis didn't practice, right, a ton during OTAs because of the groin. And then he practiced more in training camp, but not every day. And so you, I think, like, in Carson's mind, I'm not sure he has the comfort level with those receivers that allow him to kind of do what you're talking about and get the ball to people outside of their specific niches, if that makes sense. So that's something that um, I've been kicking around for a while, and every week it kind of gets louder and louder in my head, and finally now I have to say it out loud. Um, You're but, welcome. Yeah, so so I think that to me is maybe the bigger issue. So it'll be really interesting to see what the offense looks like without Jahan. Right. Um, but I, I do think that's part of it, right? And I also think um, the way this offense is utilizes guys, it's not the same way that like Sean did when I was here with him, right? where it's like we got to get these plays called for this guy in this situation, this formation, right? It's very like call it and run it, you know, and we're going to rely on the quarterback to make good decisions and get like most offenses do, but there's not that extra. It doesn't appear to be that extra level of game planning nuance. And that's fine. A lot of, a lot of teams are very successful that way, but I think that leads you to these kind of very specific situations. Cause you're like, Oh, I called this play. Let's make sure Curtis is in on this one to the receiver coach so that, he can catch this screen or whatever. And it kind of, it just, because you're just calling the offense, you're not game planning specific touches. It it feels like to me, that's what happens is you're like, Oh, get, get, get him in on this because he's good at this. Get him in on the go, get Terry on the go because he's good at the go or get Jahan in on the red zone because he's good at this. Right. And that's, that's kind of what what ends up happening. Right. And you see a lot more of that early in, I'm going to call it early in situations, right? Like early in the game, you see some of that, like, Hey, we got to get the screen to Terry. Like they, everyone's screaming all week. And like, clearly we as a self scout are like, we didn't get the ball to Terry enough. So you see a screen on the first drive to Terry McLaurin. The second they get in the red zone, they run their best red zone play and Jahan Dotson scores a touchdown. I'm like, that's great, but you have to be able to get to that stuff more consistently. Yeah. It can't just be the first time one and done. And that feels like a lot of what this offense is right now. And as you said, if Jahan's not there, that's going to be interesting. And just real quick, like I am not a psychologist, but I've read a little bit about certain stuff. And like the idea of safety from a psychology standpoint is incredibly powerful. And so to your point, like if Carson feels safe on certain throws to certain receivers, it makes sense that he would go there. Um, he's got to expand his safety zone. He's got to, he's got to learn that. Um, and not, not learn because that makes it seem like he's a child and I don't mean to be pejorative in that way. Um, but he's got to, he's got to get comfortable sure. and either get more comfortable with some of those guys in their situations or get more comfortable with taking risks in areas where he's not fully comfortable. Otherwise this offense is not going to reach its maximum potential. I, I mean, I, I agree. I think, I think that's when coming out of the Dallas game and I, there were, Again, like there was kind of whispers of this against Philadelphia that was covered up by the sack issue, which became the main storyline. But it's it's how well is Carson seeing and executing this offense? You know what I mean? And I think there, you know, Ron has come out. I think in his press room was like, you know, he's not he's not as comfortable as we'd like him to be. And that's him kind of affirming that notion, right? Yeah. You know that that he's not doing as well as everyone hoped. And so I think that's something that um that fans need to think about the staff needs to think about is how do you find ways to get him more comfortable and you know i've heard you know like they have um scott's dad come in and he's been able to kind of tweak certain things about the offense to fit carson more like you know maybe that needs to happen again i don't know but that's that's something that i think is going to be interesting to watch moving forward is carson's comfort level and i will say i know we're not previewing tennessee this week 
or just yet, or we'll do that later in the week. But right. Tennessee feels like a much better offensive matchup for Washington. And what I mean by that is like they don't have like they have they have some good players. Uh, that Sim- Jeffrey Simmons and then Autry has been a very productive as a pass rusher, but they don't have Micah Parsons. They don't have Armstrong. They don't have Lawrence. They don't, you know, it's, it's a different defensive group with kind of a, a patchwork secondary behind it. So if any week is right for Carson, it's, you're going to be able to get hitches this week, I think. And yeah. I think that'll help Carson kind of be more comfortable and distribute the ball much more like we saw week one against Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I think the fear is that it's not actually comfort, and this is just kind of who he is. Because yeah. production-wise, the last couple of years, it's that's who he's been. I think we'll have a much cleaner answer on that 10 days from now, uh, or nine days, eight days at this point from now, um, when the pod comes out. Because we'll have two more games worth of data. Uh, you'll have Tennessee, you'll have Chicago. And at that point, like if he still is not growing, and there's not signs that it's turning, like then we start to have different conversations about what this season's going to look like. But um, the reality is, like, I, it doesn't look good right now. It, do I have a lot of hope? If people have listened to me on the radio, the answers they know the answer. Like I don't have a lot of faith that they'll really turn this around. But I also am like I'm not dumb or blind to the fact that in eight days they could be three and three, and maybe Carson's more comfortable, and John's back, and Chase is back, and Robinson makes a difference, and like the season looks different. So we'll see eight days from now. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.